The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to that's I am your host, one of NASCAR driver Dick Trickle. Uh that's still to this day my favorite name in any sport. Dick Trickle. You cannot beat there's no topping the name of Dick Trickle. Real man's name. Uh, that's amazing I, uh i am johnny towns and i'm joined by one of my bestest pals here mr christopher chavez chris it is what's happening 2022 my dude 2022 yep. um the last time we talked it, it came out in 2022 but when we recorded it it wasn't the new year yet we were discussing yeah. some of the weird uh, things year, of the right? last year yeah yeah it is a new year now it is it is and uh already crappy right <laughs> yeah you know it's i feel like every single year when once we see somebody died that we kind of like we're not expecting or that we cherished yeah. um it, it, the first thing we do is like it's a crappy year i mean but people are gonna die right and we're especially at the age we're yeah. at yeah you know what i mean it's gonna yeah. get worse and worse like every year is gonna just feel more and more like 10 people died at the beginning of this year what the hell you know you know what you're really not wrong if, if you look at it in, a, in that sort of vacuum yeah you know the older you get all these people who were in a way a part of your growing up and childhood are just getting older and that's yeah. sadly a part of life is that they go away and i just think the the bob saga thing i don't know see the, the bob saga thing really hit me yeah because uh i mean obviously full house i mean we definitely watched that but America's Funniest Home Videos. Yes. That was what my family would make sure to watch. That was appointment television for us mm-hmm. was that show. Uh, and just, I mean, just how brilliant was that show, right? Like, it was kind of YouTube before YouTube, right? Exactly. That was YouTube and Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Before yes. it was, it was before Beavis and Butthead, the commentary on the videos, right? But the idea that people like to sit around and listen to people comment on something they're watching. And then yeah. this idea was send us your home videos, show us, show us funny things. And, and we're going to put sound effects to it. And if you had some of the funniest, we'll fly you out. You'll be up here as member. They'd be like, yeah, everybody in the, in the audience would vote at the end, which one they liked the most, which was the funniest. Yes. Uh, yes. What did they win? Did they win money or did they just get it was money? Get, okay. I, I'm pretty sure it was money. It was like a, it wasn't, I mean, it was in a scheme of things. i I mean, I don't know this. this. I'm totally guessing this, but I bet you that show, especially during this time, was fairly cheap to make, right? Because mm-hmm. most of your content is, is free because people are just sending it to you. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Think about that, right? Like you spent money on the design, the, the set and paying Bob Saget, the writers, yeah. and then maybe to fly the families out, right? That's about yeah. it. Yeah, dude, losing Bob Saget. I, I saw that somebody put a meme up there, and it, it does it does kind of hit that way. It's like we lost grandma and our television dad yeah. all within like a week of each other, right? Like because re- more recently we didn't talk about it. Betty White passed, 
right? Um, yeah, but she was a little 99. bit more expected, right? Yeah. You didn't when want she was it to 99. happen. Uh, yeah, obviously. I mean, she's a, a treasure. I my favorite Golden Girl. Uh, absolutely adored her. Uh, good gosh, she's so funny. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, one of the <laughs> one of the. Uh, it was like a recent interview she had done. I can't remember who it was with, but obviously she was in her late eighties, I think, at this time, somewhere around in there. And the interviewer was asking her, uh, hey, is there anything in your life uh, that you wish you'd gotten to do? And her answer was Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> she still had it, dude. Yeah. Off the, so I mean, just good, off dude. the cuff. Man, that's how good she was. She really but, was. But man. like you're saying, though, like she was already 99. I mean, obviously, we didn't want her to go, but it, it wasn't it, a shock. Right. Yeah. Bob Saget was a shock. I mean, he was only in his 60s. That yeah. feels young. Uh, it was, you know, as far as we know, he was okay. I mean, he was doing shows and stuff, like, just up to when that happened. Yeah, so he literally tweeted shock. hours beforehand, man. He tweeted hours before, right after the sh- his one of his shows. Um, yeah. So it just sucks. I, yeah, the thing yeah. about that for me, so, like, Everything I'm reading now and seeing is he basically was what we thought he was like a genuinely nice guy. Like oh, yeah. everybody's just saying what a kind and beautiful guy he was. Right. And I feel like at least with Betty White, she knew it. Right. Yeah, we we show her. her. Yeah. And with with so many of these people who passed before you realize like that, oh, we really should talk about how just awesome this person is and really kind of you know shine light on them. It's always this thing. Right. They go before you can. Yeah. So that's the thing that sucks is because you hear such great things about him. And you're like, man, I don't even remember when the last time anybody mentioned Bob Saget, aside from maybe doing a special or a TV show, but nobody ever w- went above and beyond the way they did with Betty White. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's, unfortunate. that's very true. Yeah. And I think that even applies to just our life with non-famous people that we know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like that can definitely happen. Uh, you know, just a little inside baseball. Uh, Chris and I try to make sure that we tell each other that we love each other and stuff yep. like that, because yep. honestly, you just don't know, man. Not um, these days, dude, like yeah. now there's a thing where, you know, all of a sudden you're sneezing, you're coughing, yes. you could be in the hospital. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it can turn on a dime just like that. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you just don't know. Um, so just, uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard this, but like, make sure yeah. you tell the people you care about, Hey. I care about you. I love the one. The thing I've seen says, tell your friends you love them so much. So it becomes uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make it uncomfortable like- for them. Like, okay, I get it, <laughs> but you should, right? Like, why not? Yeah. 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 For real. Cause I mean, I mean, if you do, you do, man, if somebody's important to you, um, let them know. Sometime, yeah. Let them know. Uh, it'll make you both feel better. I promise you. So, so, <laughs> What's uh, I, started watching this show on Hulu mm-hmm. and it's called uh, the dark side of the nineties. I just, I'm just finishing the first episode right before I was watching it this afternoon. Yes. This is so perfect. All right. This is kismet, man. This is meant to be. Dude, yes. All right. I'm going to bring this up to you and you tell me if you knew this, because as soon as I said this, my brain could not handle this information. That Jerry Springer, mm-hmm. before before he hosted Jerry Springer's show, yep, was the mayor, yep, of Cincinnati, yep, left First disgraced. All, that, yes, because he got caught <laughs> paying for a sex worker. 
with a chick. <laughs> you didn't know this. <laughs> you didn't this, know this. I didn't. I've never heard this before. My mind exploded, and I had so many questions. Like, uh, uh, the first one was, if you're the mayor and you're or any sort of political position where you know, especially um, during that era, right? Especially during that era. I mean, even now it's, it's kind of looked down upon. But uh, when you know that if you're going to be looking for that sort of thing, it could mean bad things for you if you get caught, right? Yeah. So why on God's green earth do you write a personal check? Was it like, hey, don't catch that till Tuesday? That's amazing, (laughs) dude. I, there's so many things there and it just made sense. Uh, I, I didn't realize how much of the story of Jerry Springer that my body needed to hear uh, because that was just so incredible to me that he wanted to, like they wanted him to be Phil Donahue at first. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, during this era, I mean, the talk show era, right before the 90s, it was way more uh, more serious for it sure. It was like a social experiment, right? Like have people come yeah. on and actually talk about things that people want to talk about what do they talk about at work around the water cooler what do they talk about you know what i mean that kind of thing yeah and that's what daytime talk shows were Mm -hmm. and then uh jerry springer was going to get canceled so they're like heck let's just start throwing some stuff at the wall all thanks to geraldo which blows me away as well yeah Uh, yeah man oh man and i was trying to think of all right they also bring up when geraldo uh was hosting the special where they had Al Capone's vault. What was it? Vault. Yeah. Vault. Yeah. <laughs> and they were going to open it. And it was a big deal. Didn't they also do, didn't he do another one too? It wasn't Al Capone, but it was like a, it was like a, a, a mummy thing. Yeah. 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 So I get why that's a big deal. Right. Like I would, yeah. I would tune into that, but even that, the Capone thing, dude, at the time, it was like everyone knew who Al Capone was, right? And yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people that he interacted with that were against what he did or were considered enemies that disappeared. So there right. was this idea, like, what if we open it and there's skeletons in this, like literal bodies, yeah. right? What if we find Hoffa, you know, right? so many things. money, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And it was completely empty. <laughs> Anticlimactic, but like they said on this on this series, um, you know, they looked at that and they were like, look at the numbers, look at the amount of people that started watching this. Yeah. You know, which proved you don't need a payoff, really. You just need to really set it up really well. It is interesting, though, how this show um, kind of tries to draw this line from how we like basically we've devolved right as a society yes, yes. and then what we see with the the violence with the school shootings and all that stuff you know yeah. what i mean it's kind of crazy to just because you look back at the early early stuff and it's like wow that was so tame i mean it's so and everybody just had that kind of respect sure that person just cheated on me but we're just kind of talking there wasn't yeah. fists flying people weren't ripping weaves off their heads yeah but it turned into that right like yeah. that's why that's why you watch jerry springer you don't watch you didn't turn on Jerry Springer expecting yeah. to have like serious talks about whatever topic was kind of, you know, yeah. at the forefront of America. No, you were turning in there to see 
like, well, my boyfriend's cheating on me with this horse over here. Yep. And we're going to have a fight, right? Like I'm married. I married a horse. That was insane, dude. <laughs> yeah. That was insane. I remember when Donahue had like the early nineties club kids on and they had, they were looked yeah. all painted up and looked like they were, they look like clowns. Honestly, they had all kinds of like costumes and all that stuff. As a kid, I looked at it thinking that they look like clowns. But yeah, dude, it's been, it's crazy how it goes. And one of the things that they said on the show, I was I was like, I remember that. Like, I remember that being a thing that sometimes Jerry Springer, he'd say, this is the Jerry Springer show. This is what we're talking to about today. Here's our first guest. And now we're going to bring in this next person. And then it'd be a fight before any talking starts. It's just a fight. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I don't even know what they're fighting for yet. Like, we didn't even hear anything. It just was a fight. Insane. Yeah, like it's the like it's just like they knew they were going. Like that's why they were there is to do that, right? We say society it was, all was set up. We say society was devolving, but is that any different than the people who went to the Coliseum to watch gladiators fight animals or fight there's each other? A, there's always been an aspect of that, right? Right. Blood. I loss. mean, even down to like in the 1800s or even before that, where like a public hanging was like a a public event for people yeah. to go see. Yeah. How many pictures do you like see? Yeah. Like a sea of people in those old pictures, right? And they're all there to watch somebody pretty much die yeah i mean there's uh you know during the civil war when it was first starting out uh people like civilians went and had and set up a picnics on uh, getting ready to watch a battle that's insane right like why would you this? <laughs> that's just crazy to think about dude yeah nowadays uh, so if I, that was happening it'd be live streamed everybody be watching it on live oh, stream yeah. the you yeah. know the breakdown of society 100 percent. so anyway that that uh jerry springer thing i don't know why i never knew that because yeah. I, I pride myself on uh, reading things that talk about just these odd facts and stuff. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. basis of uh, that's odd, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that just, uh, for whatever reason, my br- I don't think I'd ever heard of that. Or if I had, I'd have forgotten it. Mm-hmm. And it was just so incredible. We, we got to do uh, an episode one day just on like, like uh, how or what ifs uh, or, <laughs> uh, you know, or how did like this person actually gets started that yeah <laughs> and that kind of thing that you may not know you never knew things you never knew about this person before they became famous yeah, yeah. oh yeah we're gonna make it very clear right. baby <laughs> <laughs> that's the title of the show so a big huge mouthful <laughs> yeah <laughs> facts you never knew about people you knew a lot about but before they became famous <laughs> colon a new podcast <laughs> parentheses Chris and Johnny. I am down for that. That's the uh, entire title. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, All right. So, this is That's Odd. That's what we talk about. Uh, we bring up strange, odd stories. And it's been a long time, Chris, since we've had an oddity. Uh, but in. <laughs> right, I'm going to bring it up on my phone. I may or may not have saved this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, recently in the news, uh, I'm just going to read you the headline that Twitter gave me oh, God. Uh, okay. for this. All right. Uh, and this is just from a couple of days ago as of this recording. So uh, like January 9th, somewhere around in there. Okay. Uh, a reality star who says she made $200,000. Uh, it equated to, she claimed it was about 50,000 a week, by the way, God, from selling her farts in mason jars is pivoting to selling them as nfts <laughs> all right so that's just the headline and there's just so much in this story 
that sent me down this rabbit hole or this rabbit smelly hole, whatever you want to say. So, all right. So the 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 first the let's attack the first that, part. Who okay. is this? All right. Her name is Stephanie uh, Mato. M a t t o. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Okay. I never heard of her before. She's from the show uh, 90 Day Fiance. It's not never something I watch, so yeah. I never saw it. Uh, she's she's attractive, and uh, apparently, for whatever reasons, she just, <laughs> I went on a deep dive on this, Chris. She decided that, hey, uh, I'm going to try selling my farts in, in, in jars. I got, and you know uh, what? I want to I want to say something to that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. She didn't come up with that on her own. There oh, was yes, yeah, somebody trust. I'm I'm assuming because I'm friends yeah. with I'm friends with uh, some ladies who have pretty big presence on on social media, right? Okay, all right. And I'm, once okay. in a while, she'll share, or uh, they they'll share some of these messages that they get from men, right? Just yes. complete yeah. strangers, and some of them are weird. I guarantee you one day she got a Twitter message where somebody's like, I will pay for you to fart in a jar and send it to me. I and guarantee she like, you're right. I can do that. <laughs> guaranteed. I guarantee you're right. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Oh my God, dude. All right. So she starts farting into jars and making money, making money. And my first thought was I have to marry this woman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, an entrepreneur, uh, uh, an entrepreneur, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> entrepreneur. Uh, <laughs> uh, but here's where this story gets even crazier. Oh, goodness. she eventually has to stop doing this, not because she's uh, she thinks she can just move to NFTs right away, but because uh, she's not feeling well and she goes to the hospital to discover that she has farted so much chris she's passed so much gas in these mason jars that it's making her sick <laughs> and she can't do it there's much i right? think i saw one of the things was is it, to be able to get enough gas she has to eat certain foods and that's basically what's been messing with her and making her sick is the amount of gas her building body's building up from all these foods isn't good. <laughs> all right. So uh, I have uh, I have a source, uh, someone who works in the medical field. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 shout out to Trevor uh, Richard Blist. Uh, he's a uh, he's a nurse in a hospital and uh, also double shout out to all you nurses and doctors. Anyone working in that field right now? Uh, yeah. to, God bless you, honestly. But uh, so I had to ask him, I go, have you ever, cause he's, he's told me some wild stories of why people were at the hospital, <laughs> right? Like some crazy things that people have either done to themselves or sadly has happened to them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, some just insane stuff that you wouldn't even think about. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, uh, have you ever had anybody come to the hospital because they had farted too much? <laughs> And he said, no, the opposite actually happens quite a lot. You know, people get stopped up. Something's wrong with their intestines or whatever. Uh, that happens all the time. But never has he ever heard this. I thought I, his first response was going to say, oh, Johnny, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> his first response should be, uh, when are we going to start the line of uh, Mason jars for Richard Bliss? Exactly. <laughs> Cause I can fill those sons of guns up. <laughs> Let me ask uh, you, so but, did you see the jars? Have you seen pictures of her holding these jars up? Yes. 
what is inside it is that like a rose petal or something does she put rose petals in there with her farts somebody tried telling me it's goes, like an orchid or something i had somebody when i was talking to somebody else about this and they <laughs> brought up the point of she actually didn't have to really fart into the jar she could have just huh? made yeah. I paid for a smell like that and put that in there. Yeah. And I got irate because I said, this lady is for real. She has, uh, <laughs> she's not going to sit there and sell you something <laughs> fake. If it's going to be from her, it's from her. You know, oh my God, uh, she has integrity. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yeah. Now she switches to NFTs. Yes. From my understanding, non-farting NF- tokens. Isn't <laughs> NFTs, aren't they digital based? Yeah. What, how does this work? Like you right. can't buy an NFT. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. How does that work when it's a physical thing? All right. So this is all this tells me. She uh, pivoted to selling the fart jars as NFTs, uh, non-farting tokens, like I said before. <laughs> and uh, they sell for uh, 0.05 Ethereum. I don't know. Apparently that's a online uh, thing. Uh, basically $186. Uh, that's a lot for something that, how do you smell it? How does that, I, I don't get that, right? But of course, I come from uh, a time where everything was physical, right? Physical media. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm going to buy a fart in a jar, I want that. I want to be holding it. That's this just is, me. Yeah, I have to, I want to look more into NFTs because in, in related news, not fart news, um, <laughs> did you see that Nas, NFNs. <laughs> Nas is is putting up two of his songs where you can pr- uh, and there's only so many shares per song and you can purchase a share of it, the NFT uh, as an NFT, and then it makes it so that anytime it gets played on streaming services, you make a tiny sliver of whatever that royalty is. That's kind of cool, but have you actually seen how much they make from that? They make so little money. Yeah, but it depends on who who it is, right? Yeah. Like so, Nasa's a big name, so maybe his is probably a little better. But yeah, one is, of the things I saw said that yeah. for just for one year, uh, his New York State of Mind song got so many, you know, streams that it just for him for that song he got like one point something million in revenue just for that song alone being streamed. And power to him, dude's a now, talent. So. Now imagine if you spent fifty, and it's, it'll cost you fifty dollars to buy a a, a, a a tiny share of one of the songs. Yeah, but what 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 brilliant marketing too, right? Because now you oh, yeah. own a piece of that. You're putting it on all your playlists. You're playing it all the time on Spotify, which is making him make money too. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's just it's going up and pr- it's like. That was brilliant. It's a brilliant that's also win. cheap too. Fifty bucks. I thought it'd be more than that. It's fifty bucks for a tiny sliver, or like four thousand for a huge chunk of that song. So you get a that higher, makes sense. You yeah. know, whatever. I forget what the in betweens are, but um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't think there are any of his bigger songs. So if anything, it also puts you know pushes the streams on some of his lesser known songs. Yeah, yeah. So farts, that's farts to... and songs for NFTs, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? Can you sell your boogers as NFT? guarantee it you i guarantee it you should yeah you're right <laughs> i've been dicking in that well for a long time just doing nothing with them do you remember everywhere. and do you remember back when you were a kid people would make fun of you and say what are you digging for gold now yes yeah. i'm digging yeah. for nfts bro yeah uh, <laughs> if i see it from now on i'm going to be uh I'm going to just slow my roll if I see somebody digging their nose, <laughs> digging in their nose because maybe they make money. <laughs> you know, maybe. digging for some gold, gold. But yeah, everyone is getting into NFTs now, right? Like, uh, you know, obviously I'm a, a 
a big basketball fan, especially the Charlotte Hornets, my favorite team, they're doing NFTs. And, like, I just don't get it. But I look at them with a the critical eye because I'm coming at this as from an artist's point of view. And I know artists whose art has literally been stolen and turned into an NFT, and they couldn't do anything about it. And it was their art because uh, <laughs> somebody else took it and said made it an NFT. And uh, so um, – Cause it just, you know, this, wow. if you're going to do it to a smaller artist, they're not going to have the money to fight that. So right. yeah, that's, that's where I'm kind of looking at it from is the negative aspect of it is really, really crappy. Uh, but uh, I'm sure there's some coolness in it too. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're old dude. We don't understand terrible. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I don't even understand what the hell this is. So I don't even want to, I don't care. I don't want to know about it. Yeah. Say what I do <laughs> know you. though, is I know odd things. Yeah, I know odd things too. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, so, uh, Chris, my uh, uh, that's odd comes from um, the space race era. What about yours? Oh, mine takes place in 1904. Oh, so yours is well before mine. Do you want to go first then? Sure, sure. I'll go first. Um, this is going to be interesting because most of the information I have came from a news article from New York Times in 1994. Oh, nice. So, Back in about late January, early February of 1904, uh, on 311 East 16th Street in New York City, lived an Italian immigrant named Ignacio Valente. And Ignacio, he lived with his wife um, at this location, and her name's Angelico. One night. He's, he's home from a hard day's work and he's having a seat at the table and his wife's been cooking and she brings over the macaroni. She puts the macaroni in his dish and she goes back to get the gravy. And he, he looks at the macaroni and he thinks to himself, this does not look like it's cooked well. She comes by and puts the sauce on and he starts taking some bites and he's like, nah, this is crap. But he says it in Italian, right? He's like, hey, Angelico, this is yeah. crap, right? Um, perfect. (laughs) And she is just like, you know, man, I mean, she's been in there working all day, you know, he's outside working at his job, but she's home washing the clothes, hanging them out on the line across the building. She's she's been working too. Yeah. She has to go down to the market and get some produce and stuff for dinner. And so the fact that she's been working, but she doesn't get the clock off clock out. Yes, exactly. And so he comes home and she takes the shoes from him, like the whole thing. And so when he does this, she's just like, I am done with you. Oh, she says, and she gets she gets up, she grabs a bunch of her things and she tells him, I would rather die than living another moment with you. And she leaves. And he is like. He runs to the window and he opens it up and he yells bad at her and tells her, you know, who needs you? Who needs you and your bad macaroni? Right. And so she's <laughs> off and leaving. So. Uh, as the night as the night continues to come on, you know, he starts to he's cooling off a little bit. He's not as stressed out anymore. And he's just waiting for her to come in. Obviously, she's off, you know, just cooling her, her you know, getting her head cool and she'll come home and uh, she doesn't come home yet. The next morning, he awakens to find she still isn't home. And he's now he's a little concerned. He's like, you know, what's going on? At first, it's annoying. It's like, really? Like, where is she at? What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, as that day continues to go on and still no sign of her, he starts to become worried. So he goes to the police and he says to the police, you know, we had a fight. This happened. 
this is what she looks like. Um, and it's 1904. So he doesn't pull out any pictures. He can't show them, you know, on his phone, her Instagram, he's got to describe her. And so they take down the description of what she was wearing and he goes home and it's weeks, a few weeks pass and not a sign. Right. And then the police come calling and they come to let them know that, Hey, they have her body. It's Mm. in, it's in the morgue. Yeah. So he goes out, he takes his two-year-old daughter with him and he goes to the morgue and he's distraught. And, you know, the first thing they do is they bring her clothes out and they say, you know, these are the clothes she was wearing. And he's like, oh, you know, because when he's going there, he's not sure. Maybe it's her, maybe it's not. But when he sees her clothes, he's like, he can't believe it. He's beside himself. Then they bring him into the room where he has to identify the body. And he started, he's, he's so overcome and he's looking and then he just kind of keeps looking at her and he says, I don't know, this doesn't, this doesn't look like her. Right. And I said, no, 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 this is her. And then they look at the description and they look at her at her. And he says, he says, no, he goes, uh, she looks different. Like she's changed. And the, and the mortician's like, well, when the body, you know, when, cause when you've noticed it, right. When you see somebody alive, they look whatever, but when they're dead, there's a change that comes about, right. Like yeah. Their muscle structure, whatever it is, they looked, they look a little different. Yeah. And so the mortician's trying to tell him, you know, this is what happens. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, he's like, this woman's much prettier. <laughs> this is what this woman's more beautiful than my wife. And he goes, no, it's just the way death, you know, the skin, all these things happen. And so he's like, all right, you know, and he's and he looks at her and he's like, no, you know what? You're right. This is my wife. And so um, now they have to figure out what they're going to do with her body. So he takes the body. He takes you know ownership of the body and brings it back to his home, which is a weird thing to think about. Right. Like, that's how they did yeah. it in 1904. And he, one of the things he, his wife always said that she wants to be buried in her wedding dress. So he goes and gets their wedding dress and he, he has her dressed up in the wedding dress. You know, he's, he's contacting the, the, um, the funeral homes that he's got to have her buried. So the whole thing, it just, the whole thing happens. It plays out. And this is 1904 in New York city in the neighborhood where all these Italian immigrants are. So I don't know if you, you're very aware of that time era, but when we had, when the immigrants had their own communities, they had their own little mini newspapers, you know, they, and so it was all like Italian newspapers. And this story was printed on all those papers and he buries the woman. And, you know, the next few days he's in mourning. Um, And like the, by the third day after he had buried her, he's, he's on his way, he gets home and uh, you know, goes to find to see what his daughter's doing and then is shocked to see his wife angelico rummaging through all the clothes and she turns to him and angrily asks where is her wedding dress and he's just like <laughs> almost fallen over and he's like I-, I i just buried you in them and she's just like well you didn't bury me so what happened was she left him and went to stay with some relatives for a little while because she wanted to teach him a lesson. Yeah. And she was um, mad. Yeah. Very mad. Right. And she, and she, even in her mind, wasn't sure if she'd go back. She was really contemplating what her life would be like and whether or not she wanted to go back to this man who criticizes her macaroni. Um, but then lo and behold, one of her relatives says, Hey, look what's in the paper. Your husband buried you. And she's like, what the hell? And in that, you know, they describe what they're, what the person's wearing. And she's like, my dress, no way. And she had to go home and see what was up. So Ignacio Volante 
is like, what the shit just happened? Right. Yeah. He ends up basically taking the bill for the funeral, for his his stress, everything he had been through, all of this stuff. And and he goes to the state, the city of New York, and he's like, you guys need to pay this up. And they do. No one ever found out who that woman was that was buried. Oh, that's oh, that's just sad. But the other side of it was like this other just this crazy mishap where that mortician is just like, no, this is your wife. Just get this off our hands. We don't know who the hell it is. You know, it's like mean? a mortician who's just ready to, to be done for the day. Right. Wow. Right. I <laughs> So I only got this off of a New York Times article. Um, it was on a list of some of the strangest stories ever printed in the New York Times. And this was one of them. But the, the title of the article was wife returned after having fine funeral. <laughs> and then it says, then Valente learned he had buried the wrong woman, asks city to pay the bill. And like I said, they did. Here's how much it was for. Um, he said he demands that the city pay him $100, which he spent for the funeral of a wrong woman. $40 for wages lost through grief and because of illness that followed the shock of finding his wife alive. So he ended up like becoming overwhelmed that he had to miss work and he, you know, freaking out. And then $110 for the bridal dress, which he had placed on the corpse and with which he was going to buy his wife a new one. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre, dude? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Oh, oh man. I hope I pray that he didn't tell her that he thought that that dead woman was prettier than her. No, you know, you know, well, <laughs> that's you know a wrong what? move. <laughs> well, you know what? Somehow it got to the New York Times. So Mrs. Valente saw it after the she, fact. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's a, that's uh, a you know, she left him again, dude. Oh, 100 percent. That was not a happy marriage. Oh, man. So that's my odd story. I just, I, it was a cool story. I was like, I don't think we've ever talked about this. And I love no. that era, man. I love the early part of our, like the turn of the century when yeah. people were coming into New York city and all the different like cultures and immigrants. I love that time. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the, uh, speaking of, I'm pretty sure that guy spent some cold nights on the couch by himself. Oh yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about the Cold War era. Ooh, I see uh, you what know, you did. and the space race is where we're heading today. Uh, of course, before the famous Apollo Eleven mission, where man first walked on the moon, or so they say. Am I right, conspiracy theorists? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were hundreds and, and hundreds of missions that happened before that to set up that from both. America and Russia. It was a real space race. You know, after World War II, uh, we became the two big, uh, you know, the two big, or what do you want to say? A uh, company. Well, I want to say companies. Con- yeah. Countries. Yeah. Countries uh, that kind of were trying to rule the world in a way and being the first in space, huge deal. Huge deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the things when you say this era the first thing i'm seeing in my mind is some of that old footage you see of all the people at nasa at the the boards and stuff all the panels and almost every man in there's wearing a dress shirt that's a short white sleeve uh, a short Mm -hmm. sleeve white dress shirt horn rim glasses and buzz cut haircuts you know what i mean they almost all all of them them look that way (laughs) yeah all of them the same yep (laughs) agree uh so uh of course U.S. was the first to land man on the moon, 
But technically, the Russians were the first to put a man in a space, right? Mm. So we were kind of trading punches in a way in a space race. Each one uh, taking a jab here and a punch here in a space race. Uh, before the 1960s, uh, we didn't even know, scientists didn't even know if life could actually even survive in space, right? Like it was an unknown thing. August 15th, 1951. If you don't know if something can survive in space, what do you do? Uh, there's only one thing to do. You go into space and see. Oh, uh, so God. now, please, uh, if you're a praying type, pray for me or send me good vibes. There's some Russian names in this story. <laughs> and uh, I am not good at pronouncing things. So take a swig. Uh, it's a drinking game. Every time you think I pronounce something wrong, uh, you'll be drunk uh, within minutes. Here we go. Uh, Desik and Saigon uh, successfully traveled 68 miles into the air and came back down safe. Uh, Desik would then go on again for a second time with Lisa for a second flight. Sadly, though, this one was very tragic and both were killed when it crashed back down. Of course, I'm talking about the first cosmonauts, dogs. Oh, right. Uh, Russians would send dogs into space. America would send monkeys into space. That's yeah. kind of how it worked out. Uh, all the dogs the Soviets used, and they used a lot. I mean, a ton. But all of them were strays. Most of them found around Moscow or somewhere like that. It was one of the big Russian cities. Uh, many would die uh, during training, oh. or they would run away, or they actually just weren't good enough, you know. Uh, some dogs train better than other dogs. It's just kind of like how boxers, like boxers yeah. were good trainers. Yeah. Some just have, uh, are just more skilled in some areas. I mean, it's just like people, right? New jujitsu and yeah. MMA. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Airbud was great at basketball. So, <laughs> uh, the training was pretty harsh that these dogs would go through. Uh, they would, uh, subject them to like really high speeds to try to make it feel like they're going, you know, in the space. Cause you had to get, they, yeah. Everybody knew you had to get really fast to break through the ozone, that type of thing. And uh, not only that, but the actual, uh, the actual, what do you call it, that, that, that you're in, the actual capsule. capsule. Yeah. Yeah, the actual capsule was a small cramped thing. So what they would do is they would gradually make the living area that the dogs were sleeping in smaller and smaller, the cages. They'd put them in smaller and smaller cages just to get them used to Ugh. it. So this is not good things for dogs, right? This is oh, awful. No. This is awful conditions. Uh, November 3rd, 1957, Sputnik 2 was fired into space with Leica on board. Uh, this is an incredibly sad story. All right, Leica, uh, the Sputnik 2 was a rushed job. Uh, Russia was really pushing it. There's like some sort of anniversary that was happening. Uh, they were wanting to make this a humongous deal and really wanting to put out all the stops, put this in all the papers, you know, make this like a big giant Russian success. Uh, so they, so the ones who were in charge of this mission knew that they were sending this poor dog on a one-way trip. This dog was not going to make it back. Everybody knew it. Uh, the public was told one thing. Reality was another. Uh, that's, you know, it's a big shocker there. Government yeah, lying right. to people. Uh, the public was told that Leica would uh, made multiple orbits around the Earth, 
and but sadly would run out of oxygen and would pass away, but it would be really painless, right? Uh, that's what the, the public was told. I guess oh, trying no. to make uh, you know something sweeter than what it really was, even though that still sucks. Uh, in reality, she died just hours into the mission after the, the temperatures actually just rose too high. So basically, she got too hot and couldn't live anymore. Uh, but, uh, and I guess on a, I mean, it's not really even a happy note, uh, but she actually has a legacy because uh, there's monuments of her all throughout Russia. Uh, she's looked on very fondly. Uh, she's in like stuff of hers is in museums. She's very much a historical figure hmm. there. So, I mean, it, it sucks, but at least there's that. Uh, and also after her fate, uh, they started making improvements because they didn't want that to happen again. Right. They wanted to be able to send uh, a creature into space and bring it back just fine. Cause honestly, <laughs> uh, not only just for the fact that that's better, obviously, but it kind of looks bad on you if you're sending stuff into space and dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't look good. Uh, so uh, there were many improvements that were start. They started to make to these capsules and stuff that they were sending into space. And this is where we're going <laughs> to, all right, pray for me here. Uh, enter two dogs named Les- uh, man. <laughs> Les- 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 Lesishka and Bars. I like how one's name is really easy, Bars. Just the, <laughs> that's the name of one of the dogs. And the other one is Lesishka. Uh, were the first two to test this new capsule that they had been working on. A lot of training went into this, a lot of preparation, a lot of tests were done. They really wanted to get this right uh, before this flight. Uh, but sadly, 28 seconds into launch, uh, the oh. capsule explodes. Jeez, come on. Uh, and they don't make it. Uh, Johnny, you're uh, bringing me a bunch of dead dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you it gets better. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's a sad tragedy. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, we've, we've lost people that way too during mm-hmm. this space race. So uh, it really, really sucks. Uh, August 19th, 1960, two dogs. And I love these names, Belka and Strelka <laughs> uh, were aboard Sputnik five. Sounds like a tag team Vince McMahon put together. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it had to be right. And they come out singing the Russian anthem. Belka and Strelka. Here they Belka are. Strelka. It's uh, good shit. But they, <laughs> but they weren't by themselves, Chris. They were joined by two rats, 40 mice, one rabbit, some fruit flies, and plants, just to see if, how these things would do it. This was the Noah's Ark of yes. space yeah. race technology yeah. right here. Uh, so they would go out and they would orbit the earth. 17 times and they made it back everyone on board completely unharmed wow well, made it there and back just fine good for the belka, yeah belka and strelka became instant celebrities instantly they were beloved and they actually uh they retired them both so they only had to do that one mission they were never sent again they got they got to retire and uh, they were so famous uh, that one of Strelka's puppies was given to Jackie Kennedy as a gift uh, wow. during the Cold War. It's like a, it's like a thing of goodwill, right? Wow. So, here's the, so that's that's huge. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, before 1966, uh, the record for continuous time spent in space and surviving was five days. Right? 
That's not very long. Then we're going to enter. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, Vederok and mm, Ugoliak. I <laughs> uh, hope you're taking drinks there. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> they were selected for what would become the final mission to involve dogs. They orbited the Earth for 21 days, blew away that five day record, exploded, didn't even exist anymore. Did they start during this time? That's what I'm very curious. No, they they were alive because they came back and returned safely. Like, how did they eat and how did. Yeah, because, you know, because that's a good point. Because, I mean, I'm sure they put food on there for them. Was there just like poop and urine just floating all around inside there with them? Like, what is going on for that long? No one's taking them out for a spacewalk. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. potty. We'll go for a spacewalk. Come on, buddy. Jiggling the the collar, (laughs) the leash. Oh, man. You know, the dogs want to put his face out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they came back and returned safely. And they also became instant celebrities and lived to be old for dog years. Actually lived a good old long life. According to the Russians, 102 years old each. Yes. Sure, they came back safe. Also, they live to 102. Yeah. In Russia, space flies you. <laughs> uh, but that's that's kind of a story in a nutshell uh, of the first cosmonauts dogs that were sent to space from the Russians. Mm. I may eventually do one about America and our use of monkeys and animals, too. We're no better than they are. That's true. So uh, I'll do that at some point. And um, I just thought that this was a real up and down one, right? Obviously, the tragedy when you lose some of them, uh, that sucks and it's sad. But I like the Noah's them, Ark, dude. I like the Noah's yeah. Ark shuttle. That was awesome. But what happened multiple times is, uh, I mean, they're getting these strays in, but the scientists and such that are working with them would get attached to them. And a lot of them would end up adopting these dogs <laughs> and that nice. kind of thing. So that, at least there's some good involved. Yeah, some with silver this. linings. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these dogs <laughs> that, where on these successful missions became humongous uh, celebrities or historical figures. So nice. that's the first cosmonauts, the dogs. I was thinking about something and, and hopefully I remember the next time we do this, but I thought for the new year, let's ha- add a little extra to this show when it comes okay. to that's odd. Let's do a thing where we each say one thing we learned about each other's story. So what did you learn today, Johnny? Oh man. Um, I learned that if I ever get married, I better for sure take lots of pictures of whoever this uh, godly woman is because she's putting up with me. And uh, that way, uh, God forbid uh, something happens. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything right (laughs) down to the letter. And also, uh, no matter what, uh, dear, that macaroni and cheese there you go there you go go. uh for me i learned that i would definitely pay to listen to you read a russian phone book (laughs) yeah i am not good at a lot of things that's one of them that's amazing (laughs) it's the best I don't know why I constantly choose stories that is just going to give me that, but I do it. That's uh, awesome. That's what if, I do. If we ever do something where we choose each other's stories, I'm going to make sure it's all Russian. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. good. All right. Well, that's that's odd. Uh, we very much appreciate all you creepers out there. Uh, join our Facebook page. It's continuously growing. 
Uh, please join us there. We very much appreciate all you awesome listeners. Uh, Chris, anything else before we uh, get out of here, before we turn off the lights? I'm good to go, man. I am good to go. I'm going to go yes. eat some macaroni. Oh, man. Uh, did your wife make it? If so, uh, make sure you love it. And if you don't, you still love it, right? <laughs> no matter what. Uh, but for Christopher Chavez, I'm Johnny Townsend. And remember, uh, just to stay... Ooh. Mm-hmm.